From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I'm Kyle. Hey guys, we're excited to be back with you again for another week. And before we even get into the show, do me a really big favor. If you love this show and you're on an Apple device right now, can you just scroll down to the bottom in your Apple podcast app and rate and review us? We love that. You know, this helps. And if you wonder why, like we always ask for that is it helps us. You know, a lot of people ask us, you know, how can we help the show? What can we do to, to get the word out? Right. You know, I've, I've given it to all my friends. I don't know who else to, to give it out to. One of the ways that helps us is when you rate and review us, the more reviews and the more ratings that we have, the higher we come up in Apple podcasts. So when people search for podcasts, ours would come up as one of the top one. So if you guys can do that for me, even right now, just, you know, you might want to hit that pause button and just go all the way down or continue to listen to me and rate and review us. We got a great show for you today. But tell them to rate us out of five star too. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, be be genuine. Be genuine. Oh, yeah. You can take the criticism. That's right. Um, real quick before we before we get into the topic today, something happened to me yesterday and not only scared me, but it made me want to ask you a question because we talk about life before the show and stuff like that. But I'm thirty. Not only am I thirty, but I gaining weight at a rapid pace. <laughs> <laughs> my metabolism has slowed down and I've lost my hair. I'm physically older, right? But in my mind, I go to the gym and I feel like I'm still 20. And so I've witnessed guys tear their bicep tendons. I've witnessed guys mm. tear their pec muscles. I, I mean, I've witnessed it all and it's gruesome. It's never happened to me. Yesterday, I was rushing to get home from work I wanted to do like a 45-minute workout in the gym, and then I, I needed to get to my brother-in-law's house. So I was I walked in. I didn't warm up, didn't stretch. Towards the end of my first workout on the bench, on the last set coming up, I heard like a snap, and then it was like a weird vibrating, unraveling, like almost like a rubber band shot from my shoulder down to the bottom of my pec. Oh, my goodness. And I racked the weight, and the dude next to me looked at me and said, go home. <laughs> like, like, literally, like, like that was what he said. I was like, was it that bad? And he was like, I don't know if you've ever ripped your pec muscle before, but he goes, that's what that sounds like. He was like, it's a very paper-ishy, like, ripping. He goes, that's what that was. And it felt like that. I was like, if there was a rubber band inside of me that just went off, that was it. So super scared, felt the pain instantly. And then I was frustrated because, Kev, man, like I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get into shape. I'm trying to eat better. My thing is, if I'm not in the gym, I'm not eating healthy. Like there's just, that's how my mind works. And so it's just what I do. And uh, so I went home frustrated, got in the shower, got out of the shower, and my range of motion was still there. There was no bruising. There's no swelling. 
And I was like, you know what? I may not have tore it. Because, listen, you're going to tear something like a tendon like that that's holding your muscle in place. You're going to know it. You know what I'm saying? And so I got lucky. Today, I don't think it's a tear. I think it was more of a, a strain because I didn't warm up. I kind of, I got lucky. Mm. Like it was on my way up. I got lucky that I didn't have to fight through the workout. Otherwise, I think it would have tore completely. So I'm doing some holistic stuff and just seeing a physical therapist, making sure that things are okay. But it made me think, as you've gotten older, were there things that you were good at before that you came to a sudden realization that you were just no longer going to be that good at it ever again? When it comes to, like, me, running, like, listen, <laughs> I used to be fast, and the day I raced somebody that was actually more out of shape than me and I lost was the day I realized I'm no longer fast. You know mm, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I've lost a step in my life. Has Can you think of a time where you're like, it, it was a certain age where you were just like, well, I am done doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I would say one is probably playing football. Like, I... I used to be super fast with running with the football. Like I'm just not like in my dream is to run again. Like I want to actually be a runner. Like that's what I get up and do every morning is run like all that kind of thing. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not good at it. Um, basketball. I'm just not as good as I, and I'm not saying I was ever great because I wasn't, but I'm really not good. But you've lost, yeah, you've lost the skill. You've lost the step at it. Yeah, I just, I'm not, you know, and, and like I say, neither one of those sports, I was like some star athlete or something. I just, I just, I, I'm just not as good, nearly as good, you know, now that I've gained weight and I'm married and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a demoralized. So I just want to bring it up because I'm sure there's listeners on the show. They're like, I can pinpoint a time where I realized I'm not dunking a basketball ever again in my life or. <laughs> right. Where I realized I'm never winning a race against anybody ever again in my life. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, yesterday in the gym, I realized I'm not going to go above a certain weight on the bench anymore. I'm not going to be able to lift a certain way anymore mm. because my body's just changing. Now, there are going to be people that are like, well, no, you can, you can. I'm not into testosterone pills. I'm not into supplements like that. So, no, physically, my body is going to change and I need to respect it. But mentally, it's it stinks, man. <laughs> it stinks. So I figured you related to that, and I figured us uh, some listeners on the show that have either suffered an injury in the gym or they got hurt doing some other crazy things because they didn't realize their mind said they could, but their body said they couldn't a long time ago. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's uh, that's crazy. So yeah, so we we are excited. To, we always start out the show with some. You know, some, some, some human funny stories, you know, just kind of some things that we, we go through at times. And, you know, I, I don't have any gym. You know, listen, I stopped going to the gym when COVID hit <laughs> and I need to get back to the gym. I was going like four times a week. Uh, I was doing well. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic. He was lifting things up and putting things down. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> listen, I was running on the treadmill, uh, trying to <laughs> try to get my cardio. But no, I uh, I'd have so I do some leg stuff. But I, you know, I've never been this guy that I, I've never been a weightlifting guy. Now, don't get me wrong. I think eventually when I get the other part of my body right, I think I need to start getting it. <laughs> I need to start getting my upper body and get my arms going. But uh, I. Uh, <laughs> I need to get back in the gym, period. Um, yeah. You know, and I, they're back open now. 
I, I think there's they're at some capacity. We're in Michigan. If you're listening to us, we're in Michigan, so we've had some of the strictest rules and and lockdowns out of probably any state. And man, so I got to get back. I've got to, you know, I I told my wife the other day we're gonna have to buy a treadmill. She's all in for that. So you want to know why I don't do the treadmill? Uh oh, here we go. I am not a graceful runner. And <laughs> I've seen twice now where I've used the treadmill, gotten off it, went and did my workout. Someone else goes use the treadmill, and then they go get the like the gym worker, <laughs> and then they're inspecting the treadmill because <laughs> it doesn't roll right. <laughs> twice, <laughs> twice that's happened. So I'm like. I'm just too embarrassed to even get on there because apparently I have broken two treadmills running on them. What? So this was at the gym, at the gym, like simul- like literally <laughs> simultaneously. I was just like, like commercial machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 On, and man. they literally like the next person's gotten on them. No. And then they went and got They're like inspecting the, <laughs> the like, inspecting the. <laughs> they like let it run, and then they're expect inspecting the belt and everything on it. And I'm like. Really? No, dude. Come on. That 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 is hilarious. No, no, no. It just happened to be happenstance. I can't imagine what you would have done. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was just that guy that it was broken and I really broke it. I don't know. But you know, we we have. And I don't know why we're we're spending too much time on this. But look, there was a. Um, I go to, or I think at the time I was going to Planet Fitness. Uh, free advertising for you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, they had that lunk alarm. Yeah, the lunk alarm. Oh, my goodness. I was using a machine. Like, it was like one of my first couple of weeks going, and I was <laughs> trying to try out a new machine. <laughs> I can't. I think it was. They blew it on you? They blew it on you? I think I was doing. I don't know if it was legs. I don't. I don't know. I was doing arms. Something. I, no, I think it was. I was. I was. I think I was doing arms. And I don't even know what the name of the machine is. But like you pull. Like you. You have to pull back. Like. Oh no, that's not. You're what using is it? a back machine. It's a back. It, is it a back, the back machine? It's like a rear delt machine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I was using. But it, it, it has to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I listen. I've never been back on that machine again. I pull that thing and then let it go too fast. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And I like, yep. (laughs) Everybody turns around, looks at me. Some people are laughing, you know, and yeah. And I, and I'm there with my daughter because she likes going to the gym. And so she finally got me to go. She's like, dad, you should go to the gym. It's so great. And And then you get judged on your first day. (laughs) And I'm with her. The one, the one place that's a judgment free zone has literally a blue buzzer to judge you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, what Kevin was really doing is he brought in a gallon of water. He had a cutoff shirt on and he was grunting <laughs> with every rep and screaming loud. Oh, my goodness. That's what he was really doing. Lord, no, help I'm us. Just, help I'm just us. kidding. What? Listen, what? Even crazier than that story is the topic that we have today. So why don't you go ahead and open up our topic and lay it out there for the people so we can educate the masses. Oh man. So, we're going to kind of talk about a tough topic. I feel like I'm always saying that when we start the show. Um, but we you know, we talk about a lot of cultural things and uh stuff that's happening in the culture and I think a lot of people just, you know, they they you know, we we have to we have to hit on it, right? We we feel yep. like 
These are important. And sometimes it's stuff that we don't necessarily want to talk about, but we feel like we need to talk about because it has affected the culture. And so uh, we're going to talk about prophesying the presidency today. I have seen a lot of people, and there's a lot of Christians who feel let down, They and they're just basically confused after a lot of well-known pastors and ministry leaders prophesied that Trump would win re-election. And mm. this is not going to be a Trump versus Biden show. I'm not interested in that. We're not interested in that. You know, whether we thought the election was rigged or not, or who should have won, like, I that's not what this is about. But this is about educating the culture and God's people on prophecy, because this is one of the main gifts in the church. And literally on the world stage, it was a, a huge blunder. It's one of the main gifts of the church, and it's also one of the main reasons people leave the church. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the most misun it's you know a misunderstood gift, right? You you have some people in some denominations who, you know, frankly don't believe in prophecy and that it's for today. They may believe right. in prophecy in the sense that of, you know, the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Testament, but they just don't believe that prophecy is for today. And again, that's not a, that's also another topic that is for another day. And we don't want to have that debate today. You know, because uh, I have friends uh, in different genres of this, right? Different areas that are pastors that would preach against prophecy, you know. But I, I really want us to dive into how did this happen? How is it? And this is the question that a lot of people have is how did all, how was all the prophets wrong? You know, they, they said that a lot of the big name, and I'm not going to get into naming people because I don't think that's important for this discussion at all. Um, not right. trying to embarrass anybody, not trying to go against any ministry at all, but it is something that has happened. And as Christians, we have to answer it because we have unsaved people and non-Christians who are looking at us and saying, hey, your guys said that God told them that Trump was going to win re-election. And I'm sitting here today, and Joe Biden is in the presidential Oval Office. So, how do you explain that? Like, what do you what do you do? And we need to have an answer for for these for these people. And so today, we just kind of want to we kind of want to go through that. And so, for our listeners that maybe don't know, I, I do want to just give you a brief overview of what prophecy even is, because you may go to a church that. Maybe you've never even heard that word before or understand like what that looks like. And there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to look at it, especially when you talk about the gifts of the spirit. You know, you have the word of knowledge, you have a word of wisdom, different things like that. And you have prophecy. And sometimes we use those things interchangeably and we shouldn't. I think, you know, we should we should be taught well and make sure that we go through all the gifts. Um, but prophecy, basically, you know, the, the Greek word translated prophecy means to a speaking forth. The word refers to discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether it's by reproving, admonishing the wicked, or confronting the afflicted, or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. To prophesy is to declare the divine will to interpret the purposes of God 
or to make known in any way the truth of God that is designed to influence people. Okay? So basically, prophecy can take on a lot of different facets. It could be a prophecy could be to admonish some a group of people or a person that's doing wrong. It could be reproving that person or people. It could be comforting the afflicted, right? Or it could be to declare God's will or to interpret the purposes of God. Okay. And so where you find this in scripture um, is Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse 11 and 12. And I'm just going to read it for you. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So notice here, you see, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, I think one of the things that people are less familiar with are the, the apostles and the prophets. Most people have heard of evangelists, right? You think about people like Billy Graham. Billy Graham was probably one of the most well-known evangelists, right? Then you, um, you, you, we've heard of pastors, right? Pastors are people who lead the church. So we hear lead pastors or executive pastors, teaching pastors, all those type of things we hear about. And then we have uh, teachers, right? And so these are people who um, have the gift of teaching. And sometimes it's, it's a pastor who has the gift of teaching. Usually pastors have that gift, right? And so, but it's to equip God's people for works of service. Um, I, I do, I want to, I want to start off by saying one of the things we have to ask ourselves as Christians is, is prophecy a real thing? Is it active for today? And I would say yes, absolutely. Prophecy is for today. Prophecy is a real thing. Um, if we look at Romans 12, six through eight, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so this is Paul talking to the Roman church about the different gifts of the spirit. And, uh, you know, I know that some people say, well, but, you know, I don't really think it's for today and, and all of that. And, and we can have a discussion about that, but that's not really what we're, we're, we're talking about today. Um, you know, even though I will say this, that Paul was talking to the Roman church. He was not talking to apostles and prophets. He was talking to the lay people in the Roman church there. So I, you know, to say that it's not for today, I don't see how we're any different than those Christians then. And that's all I'm going to say on that until we can flush that out a little bit better. So is prophecy a real thing? And is it active today? Absolutely. Yes. I also think we need to look at how God looks at prophecy. So if you look at Deuteronomy 18.22, it says, so now hear this, because this is important for, for what we're going to talk about. If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. That's Deuteronomy 18 and 22. All right. So the scripture is pretty plain. 
that if somebody speaks something, so we had quite a few big time pastors, leaders, influencers that were talking and saying that Trump was going to win. You know, Trump's going to win the presidency. We decree and we declare it. Or they would say, you know, God showed me. There was a lot of some people who are not maybe famous on television, but they were YouTube stars that were saying things like uh, one I will name. uh, One is Marcus Rogers. Right. He said, hey, you know what? I really believe that Trump's going to win the presidency. Something's going to happen, even when it was getting closer. And we saw that it probably wasn't going to happen. You know, people were saying, I'm still not back down. I'm not going to back down on the word of God. It, you know, he's, he's the man for the hour, all of that, right? So how is it that some of these people could be wrong or all of these people were wrong? How, how is it that? And I think that's what a lot of Christians are asking. Like, I thought they were supposed to be men of God. They have, you know, some of them have thousands of members. They lead some very large churches. But here's what you have to understand about prophecy. And I want to, I want to preface this by saying this. I believe in the fivefold ministry gifts. I think that they have to be present in the church for the church to function properly. I am not coming to you as a, as a, as a novice in this area. And I'm not saying this for any other reason other than to explain. And I want to kind of set this up. You know, this is a gift that I have moved in for many years. And if you've been around my ministry, you know that whether it, it was me just speaking a word out in a service or in worship prophetic worship, different things like that. If you've been around my ministry, you know that. So this is not something I'm coming to from a point of not believing. It's something that I have experienced for many years, but it's also something that I know based on scripture is true. And if you look at, so, and, and so here's what I want, here's what I want to talk about. How are the prophets wrong? How could this happen? If they said God said that Trump was going to win, how did that not happen? So here's some, here is some pitfalls, some common pitfalls that people with the prophetic gift fall into. All right. The first one is sometimes prophets, they prophesy out of their heart instead of out of the spirit. So it's, so sometimes it's really hard when something is in your heart and it's something that you really want and you think it's something that God wants. Sometimes when you have a prophetic gift, if you're not careful, you will prophesy something that is in your heart, whether that it's something that God actually said. And I want to give you an example. Years ago, I was in a job that I felt like I was stuck in and I just couldn't seem to get you know, um, you just, the way the market was and things were, I, I was, I wanted to leave my job, but I had job security, but I wanted to go to a place that would really catapult me to the next level. And I will never forget one of my mentors prophesied over me one night and said, Kevin, God is going to, he is going to find you a new job. You're actually not going to have to even go looking for the job. The job is actually going to come to you. Now, when that person said that, I was a young minister, I took it. And I was just like, oh man, this is great. Like, I don't even have to go out. I don't have to go on Indeed. I don't have to go on ZipRecruiter. At that point, it was Monster. Like, you know, Career <laughs> Builder. Like, I don't have to go on into these. God's going God's gonna to send me, a, you know, God's just going to bring the job to me. Well, here's, here, here's, the, here's what I found out. because, And I waited, I literally waited years 
based on that prophecy, did not go on any, didn't go out looking for anything, didn't go out putting applications out, resumes, none of that stuff. Because I believe what this person said. Here's the thing. This person loved me. They were a mentor of mine. They knew that at that particular time, we were struggling financially. They wanted to see me win in my career, right? That, that's what they wanted to see. And out of that heart, they, air quotes, prophesied over me something that was in their heart, but it wasn't what was coming from the spirit of God, right? right. Because not everything that we want or everything that's in our hearts is going to happen. Right. Even right. if we feel it deep, even if we're like, oh, man, I really feel that like this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Well, we don't know that unless God is speaking that to us. And sometimes if we're not careful as prophets, we can get those two things mixed up. So that's one of the common pitfalls. Another pitfall is simply just being too presumptuous. Right. I mean, it, it's literally said that in the scripture that we read in Deuteronomy 18, 22, it says, if what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken, that prophet has spoken presumptuously, right? So this person has put the cart before the horse, right? This person is going out on a limb and saying, based on what they see and what they think and what they feel and all of that, they're putting all that together and saying, this is what the Lord is saying. Here's the problem. You have to be very careful when you start saying things like the Lord said, right? It, it, it's, you have to be very careful. Now, another pitfall that prophets fall into is they feel pressure, especially yep. people with large ministries, right? I, I was in a smaller ministry. And there were times, and, and I've given this example in my, uh, example in my small group before is where I have felt pressure, right? You know, I was a guest, I was a guest, uh, minister at a church one time and I was, and I preached the message. And afterwards, the pastor asked me to come back up because he said, Hey, I, Kevin, I want you to pray over the people. If God gives you something to speak, I want you to speak it over their lives. And I was still a young minister at the time. And I will never forget that God began to speak to me, almost every single person that came up, God began to speak to me about their lives. And I just began to speak over them, one person after another, one person after another. And then there was a certain person who came up that I knew for a fact, as she was coming down the aisle, that I did not have a word for her. But because I was a young minister, and I was not well-versed the way I should have been, I, I, you know, there, there was some maturity that needed to happen there, I felt pressure to pray over her anyway, right? And I didn't actually prophesy over her, but even in my prayer, I was trying to drum up something. Like I was trying to get something. I remember opening my eyes and her looking at me with a confused look. And there's so much I can tell about this story, but for the sake of time, what ended up happening was the pastor of that church ended up having uh, another pastor come up because there were so many people at the altar. And he's like, hey, I need you to help up here. This lady ended up moving away from me and going to this other pastor. And immediately, as soon as she stood in front of this pastor, I mean, he just had a whole string of things for her, right? As a minister, and especially the guest person coming in to preach the service and to be the, the you know, the, the, the guest minister, I felt pressure 
to feed the people. I felt pressure to do, you know, make sure I'm, I'm you know, if the people are coming up for prayer, that I have something for them. What I should have been doing, instead of having pressure to be the man, and I wasn't doing it in pride or anything like that, but instead of having pressure to, to be that person, I should have allowed God to, to just ebb and flow like he wanted to, right, in that service. And I can only imagine being a person who has huge ministries that are all yeah. over the world, right? You sit yeah. in the office of a prophet. People are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and they're asked, they're looking for a word. They're looking for hope. They're seeing the world in chaos. They're seeing an election that they're, they think this is fraudulently being, you know, is being taken away. They feel like it's being rigged. They see that one candidate is more for God things and the other candidate is more for things that are against the scripture. Like they're just seeing it all. And so they're looking to these leaders who say that they are prophets to speak into the situation. And in the middle of that, this is where the pressure comes and prophets fall into this thing of, man, I've got to have a word. Like they're expecting me to speak on this. When in all actuality, the only words that we should speak are words that we know are from God, right? The first places you can get the word is, is, is the Bible. <laughs> like if you never said anything prophetically, the Bible is prophetic and the Bible will speak to a generation no matter what time we're in, right? It will speak to every single generation. Yeah. And that was, that was like my raw take on that whole prophecy discussion, you know, how can so many of them be wrong? And I just, I, I was like, well, maybe so many of them just, they were just looking for a word yeah, and they just rolled with it. You know how it, you know how yeah. it is too. When, when you're talking and you're just, you're just rolling with it, you're vibing with it. And, and so the human side, the human aspect of things always comes into play. Yes. And you know, my other question I have, I kind of have for you is, how important is timing in prophecy too? You know, like obviously in this case, it was well, President Trump will become the he's going to be he's going to win the presidency, right? So there was a time frame there, yep. right? Yeah. But oftentimes, I've heard in prophecy things that are prophesied. There's really no frame of time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess that's my other question is is I kind of felt like off the rip, like yeah, I feel like just prophets had to jump on one side or the other like they didn't have a choice because the world was looking for that because certain prophets had come out and said some things so now the other prophets have to answer as well mm -hmm. and again i wouldn't have a problem if they came out and said listen i'm sorry you know yeah here here's the reality of my human side of things and you know get your get your credit back you know but there's still something to be said about the prophets that have not come out and recanted you know what they said and i wonder if it has anything to do with Maybe they think, well, just because in our human mind, the election happened, but in, you know, in, in the time frame of what we were prophesying, it didn't have to fit within the confines of the presidency and the way that all that rolls out. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, how important is time? Yeah. Is, is that just, is that just circumstantial based on the prophecy or, or what do you, you know, what, what is, you're versed in this. Is, I just wanted to know, like, what are your thoughts on the whole time aspect? Yeah, so that's actually a good point you brought up because there are people right now who are basically saying things like that it's a spiritual thing. It's not, I know in the natural that Biden is actually president, but really God, you know, he, he's, he doesn't work in our realm and, you know, that it's a, 
it's a spiritual thing. Uh, you know, there's, you know, you know, I'm sure there's people out there just taking a stretch and saying, well, you know, I said he's going to be reelected. I didn't say it was going to be this presidency. It'd be in 2024. Like, and I, here, here's, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I, I think most people who prophesied about Trump being reelected was prophesying about who was going to sit in office on January 20th of 2021. I think if we're honest with ourselves, and we're going to talk about that in in, in a little bit, you know, in in just a few minutes here, if we're honest with ourselves, that's what we were talking about, right? Yep. I I mean, you know, we can, we can make it an alternate universe. You know, Dr. Michael Brown wrote a really, I, I encourage anybody and I, you know, I know charisma can be, can, you know, charisma magazine can be, um, you know, it, it, there, there can be some, some issues there on certain things that are written, but he, Dr. Michael Brown wrote a great article on this topic. And I don't, I, I couldn't have said it any better. You know, we just have to humble ourselves and say, we were wrong. Like, you know, like it, it, it's the same thing. It, it's the same thing on this, you know, podcast, right? We are public figures now. When we, when yeah. we decided to make this podcast and go public, we have people listening literally all over the country. <laughs> like, I, and, I mean, it's not a fake thing. Like, I, we see the stats. We know where everybody's listening. Yep. They're listening all over the country yep. and the world. I say the world. Yeah. So we are responsible for the things that we say. And I will tell you right now, if we ever get on this, the, the air and we say something wrong or that's not valid and we find out, we're going to come back on the air and correct it. And right the wrong, yeah. Like, you know, we, we, you know, we take this platform as, you know, extremely important. And a lot of people don't know the, the, all the work and and research and things that go behind the scenes for us just to even do some of the topics that we talk about. We don't just haphazardly come on here and talk. And I think that when you're in ministry, and this is, you know, whether you're a pastor, teacher, evangelist, it doesn't matter. You have to be very careful what you're saying. And yeah, I mean, I think timing depends on the prophecy. I think, you know, there are some prophecies that are very specific, right? That, you know, and we see that in scripture, you know, in three days, your son will, you know, whatever, or, you know, it's when you get to your home, your daughter is going to be a lot like whatever. We see prophetic things that are, that have, you know, timing. Then there's other things that are very, it's just whenever that time comes, right? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think time is important, but you bring up a really good, a really good point there. One of the, one of the last reasons I want to bring up that sometimes prophets are wrong is they lack personal time with God. You know, as well as I do, and Kyle, I, I know that you can relate to this being a, being a pastor is as pastors, it is very easy for us to only read the Bible when we need to get a sermon. Like that is oh, yeah. a common trap. Oh yeah, that pastors, leaders, teachers fall into. Like it's it's you because you're in the word so much because you have to be to <laughs> to to you know have, write your sermons every week. Sometimes multiple times a week, right? You have to be, and so sometimes it doesn't leave time, or I should say, we don't leave time for our own personal relationship with God. Right. And that's a very dangerous thing because even, even, in, even as a pastor, you will become disconnected from what God is actually speaking in that season. 
and mm-hmm. you would get connected to whatever you feel that and you don't even realize that. And you're getting great ideas. You're getting great, like stuff is coming to you, but you don't even realize that that's not even what God wants you to speak about right now. But because you're not spending time with him, right? And you've already maybe got your series for the whole year. You don't understand that God says, hey, you know what? I want you to pull an audible here. And I actually want you to take the next four weeks and talk about fear. I know you were going to talk about the gifts of the spirit, but I want you to talk about fear. But if you're so stuck into your your uh, preparing, you're not going to hear God's voice clearly, right? Right. So think about it. If think about it like this, I use this analogy. If you, so if you knew me, right, you knew me, say you knew me for a year and then all of a sudden we didn't talk for like five years and I was in the same airport you were and you heard me talking, you, you might say something like, Hey, Brooke, wait a minute. That, that sounds like Kevin. Like, I mean, I know I haven't talked to him in a little bit, man, but that sounds like Kevin's voice, Kevin's voice. And, and, and what you're going to have to do is you're going to actually have to round the corner to yep. actually see if it's actually me, right? Yep. You didn't know yep. for a surety it was me. You just, just from recollection, because you knew me five years ago and you, we talked or whatever, you're just like, that sounds like Kevin's voice, but you couldn't unequivocally say, that was my voice. Well, it's the same thing that happens when you don't spend time with God. And I think sometimes we get as prophets, you know, people who have the prophetic gift, if you are not staying to the ear of the, uh, of the, of, of God's mouth, right? If your ear is not to the spirit, you're going to, you, there is possibility that you are hearing something that's not God. You might be hearing your own heart. You might be hearing through presumption, all the things that we talk about, but you're not hearing God because you're not having that personal time with him where he is actually speaking to you and he's speaking fresh words. And I'm not saying fresh words, things outside of the Bible. Just want want to scare anybody. A new revelation. A new revelation. No, 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 no. We're talking about things that can be backed up by either by scripture Plainly or in principle, right? They, they, it has to be, I don't care what you prophesy, it better line up with scripture, period. So that's what happens when you lack that personal time. You're like, wait a minute, was that, that sounds like God. That sounds like God. And in our human mind, we're like, oh, that was God. I really, I, I, I feel it. Like I sense that. I, I, I know that was God. Like, right. And we don't round the corner, take the time to make sure it's God. We just take it because it sounds like God. So Kyle might be in that in that airport and he goes, man, that really sounds like Kevin. Come to find out. He texts me later. He's like, hey, dude, were you at the airport earlier? Oh, no, man, I'm on the beach in California. Like (laughs) it wasn't me, you know. Right. And it sounded like but it wasn't. But it's not until he rounds that corner that he understands. Oh, wow. That's a totally different guy. Right. Just sounds right. like Kevin. And sometimes right. that's what happens prophetically. It's a good example. Yeah. So there were times and I think here's here's another point that we have to understand. There were times in Scripture <laughs> where where the people wanted something different than God wanted. OK, yep. so, I mean, we can say, hey, we think this is what God wants. This is what God wants. I really, you know, I'm decreeing, declaring, I know this is who God wants in the White House because this person looks like they're going to be more for Christian values and righteousness and all of that thing. And it seems like that's what God wants, 
right? Just based on logic, right? And we that's yeah. the problem. God's not logical. That's not, you know, he, his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So there were times in scripture where the people wanted something different than God wanted. And I'm going to give you an example. In 1 Samuel 8, 19, it says, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Right. So if you remember this story in the scripture, Samuel was the one that was leading Israel. Right. God said, I, here's my guy. He's a prophet to you. He's going to lead you. And he's going to guide you. You don't need a king. Well, they were looking at other nations and they saw all the other nations had kings and they were like, we want a king. We want a king. And God kept saying to them, I have ordained Samuel to be the king. Right. Or to be the, the your you know, person who guides you. Well, just like God does, we all have free will. And there comes a point that God is just going to say, if that's what you want, I'm going to give it to you. Like, I'm going to give you what you're asking for, right? He doesn't always step in and stop something when the masses say they want something different. And he knows it's bad for them. But after he's warned them and told them, he lets their free will play out. And that's what happened exactly in 1 Samuel 8 and 19. They said, look, I, we don't we don't want to listen to Samuel anymore. We want a king. And then that's when they got King Saul, right? And we know what kind of king Saul was. He listened to God in the beginning, and then he trailed off, and he stopped listening to God, right? And then he began to chase David, and he began to want to kill David, who was actually the next king of Israel. I mean, all kinds of things. It wasn't- He was actually the bloodline. Of Jesus. Yes. And here is this king that the people wanted trying to kill the bloodline of Jesus. Yes. Yes. And and so think about it in this election cycle, right? Here's the sticky point. If you believe the election was rigged, then you may think totally different than what I'm going to say here. And I'm not saying it rigged or not rigged. I this we're not going we're not going there. But here here's the thing. When a nation says they want something and God says he wants something different. He's going to let, sometimes let that happen. Could it have been that God allowed this to happen because this is what the majority of the people wanted? I understand that as Christians, a lot of Christians go, but we didn't want Biden in the White House. We wanted Trump in the White House. And it looked like we had more numbers than he did. And all of, I, I get all of that, but that's not what happened. <laughs> like yeah. that, that at the end of the day, Joseph Biden is in the White House. So we have to look at that and, and, and we have to bow. Nothing happens. And I, I want to read you some scripture. We have to trust God's will and his sovereignty, no matter what it looks like. All right. Nothing happens without God being on watch. And, and this is where it's baffling me that Christians are so dumbfounded about all the things that are happening as if God is not in charge. Daniel 2 and 21. I want you to really listen to these scriptures. He changes times and seasons, talking about God, he sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. The, uh, in Daniel uh, 4.25, he says, the most high is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. The most high is sovereign over the kings of men and gives the kingdoms to anyone who wishes. That Anyone he wishes, excuse me. That's Daniel 4 and 25. So that sounds like to me, God's in control of the elections, not the Republicans, 
not the Democrats. I don't care what it looked like, rigged or no rigged. God knew what was going to happen. God allowed it to happen. And this is where we stand today, right? Based on his word. I'm just trying to give you scripture. In Isaiah 45 and 5, he says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. Drop the mic. God's always dropping the mic. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases, talking about God, with the powers of heaven and the people of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? These, this is uh, Daniel 4.35 and Psalm 66 and 7, right? Sounds like God's sovereign. In his heart, a man plans his course. But the Lord determines his steps. Proverbs 16, 9. I read all of those scriptures because remember, we're not interested in just saying our opinion on the show. We want to talk about what the Bible actually says. And as a Bible believing Christian, I look at the election, rigged or not, and I say, whatever happened, God knew that it was going to happen and he allowed it. If the elections were rigged, God had an opportunity to step in and allow that to be seen, like clearly. There's still a lot of fuzziness about that. We have no idea what's going on, right? But it allowed Biden to be president. Right. To our prophets, Trump is not president. Trump is just simply not president. So what do we do? So what do we do? If you're a prophet or you're a Christian, you're like looking at the prophet, what do we do with him? You know, everybody said Trump was going to win. Here's what we have to do. We have to hold these prophets accountable. It's for the good of them and it's for the good of ourselves. Because if we start getting amnesia and start saying things like, well, you know, I know they, you know, that, you know, it's, it's your favorite person on, on TV, right? It's your, it's your favorite person you listen to, uh, on the radio or wherever you listen to them or you have their books and their books has blessed your life. It's really hard for you to say that person's a false prophet. Right. It's very hard for you to say, hey, that person didn't do, you know, they, they were off. They were wrong. But here's the thing. Everyone is accountable to God. The Bible says that a prophet is subject to the to, to the to the prophet. Right. So all of these people are accountable to God. So here's what happens. The the prophet must hold themselves accountable. And you as a parishioner of their church or as a follower of their ministry also need to hold them accountable. Right. And mm-hmm. if they're moving in the true gifts of the spirit. No one moves in the gifts of the spirit that does that. Here's a, here, here, I'll say it this way. The gifts of the spirit will not function properly without the fruit of the spirit. Let's remind, I'm going to remind you what the fruit of the spirit is. Galatians, Galatians 5, 22 and through 26. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, let's, you know, when we go back to talking about presumption and all of that self-control, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, prophets, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not our hearts, but with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Right. So if somebody is moving in the prophetic gift, this person is also going to move in the fruits of the spirit. Because it's really hard for you to move truly in the gifts of the spirit if you don't have the fruits of the spirit. 
right? I don't, you don't want that because somebody, if, 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 if a person is doing that, here's what's going to happen. They won't repent. So if they're wrong, their prophecy was wrong. They won't have the humility to come back and repent. Why? Because they're not moving in the gifts of the spirit, right? They're not going to come back out and say, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize. I thought I heard from God. I, I you know, but I did. And there have been some, and God bless all of you who have come out and just said, Hey, I was wrong. You didn't try to put a spiritual twist on it. You just said, Hey, I'm wrong. <laughs> right? So the, the, the always know that the fruit of the spirit is going to be evident in that person's life if they have these um, spiritual gifts. And if not, you're going to start seeing things like they're not going to be meek. They're not going to have self-control. They're going to have kindness and forbearance. They're not going to have all of these things. They're just going to say, you know what? You just don't understand God's plans. You don't understand. It's a, it's a different spiritual realm that you don't understand. No, 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 no. Humble yourself and say, I'm wrong. <laughs> right. And so that people of God, because here's what's happening. You're confusing God's people. We look up to you. We are, we're, we're depending on you. And, 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 and I would just say to Christians, you know, stop looking. Do not follow and look for the next big prophecy, right? The biggest revelation that you need is right on your desk, right on your kitchen table, right on your nightstand. It is the Bible. That's the biggest revelation you need. So you won't have to be duped by prophets if you're not listening to them. Right. And, and I'm not saying that you just completely shut them off. It, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Like I don't sit and follow the next word. I don't go over to so-and-so's church so I can hear well, if he's going to speak a word. Like if God leads me there and someone invites me to a church, I will go there. But I am not going to go around seeking a word. That's how you get yourself into major, major trouble and in error because you have no idea where this word's coming from. Right. And the more you're in the Bible and the more you're in the word and in scripture, you're going to know whether a word is from God or not, because you are rooted and grounded in the word. You need the word more than you need his word or her word or their word. You need God's word, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to stop and we need to stop looking to the government to keep our nation on the right track. Like what? I I just don't understand. Like, why are we in this situation where if we have a, have a president that's a Republican or a conservative, we think, oh, man, our, our nation is going to be great. It's going to be following after God. I'm going to tell you right now, unless you are going out and making disciples, I don't care if there's a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Tea Party, Green Party, it doesn't matter who's in the office. Our nation will not be turning to God if, you're not, if we're not out making disciples, right? Right. So go and make disciples, right? We, we, we saw this with the, the end times thing, you know, with the blood moons and the sun flipped over and all. I mean, we, we pay attention to all these sensational things. We want prophecy, but we don't want the prophecy giver. We, we, you know, we want, we want to know what's going to happen with the end times, but we're not getting anybody ready, right? Who can, right. I could, I could right. care less how many blood moons there is and, and, and how, and, when it happens and how many in a row. And I, that's not, I want to know if the blood is applied to my neighbor's heart next door. Like, like that's that, the truth. That's but that, cause that's what God is called. God is called. When he left the earth, he said, go and make disciples. They were asking him, well, when will these things be? When is going to be the science? Of your-? He's like, listen, don't worry about that. Don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in prophecies, guys. 
I'm not saying prophecy is wrong because I've clearly stated that I believe in the fivefold ministry gifts. So please know that. But don't get caught up in prophecies. Don't get caught up in end time sensationalism, right? No matter what happens in the sky, it doesn't matter what happens if if something comes out of the sea with seven heads. It, It doesn't matter. Whatever the Bible says is going to happen is going to happen whether somebody predicted it was going to happen or not, because God's the one that said it first. (laughs) Right. You know, so if you're out there and you are concerned about this prophetic thing, you know, hold people accountable. But I would be very cautious in moving forward. I think this is a lesson for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Be careful what you listen to. Even if it looks like God, sounds like God, smells like God, feels like God, all that, be very careful and stay rooted and grounded in the word of God. That's the most important revelation you'll ever receive. So straight from the mouth of Rev Kev. Oh, boy. Oh, this guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's, these are things that are, are near and dear to both of our hearts and yeah. You know, I don't like to see God's people in confusion. You know, God is not the author of confusion. That's another good scripture, right? This yeah. is, God's not the author of confusion. I mean, this is confusion. I mean, think about it. It, it, it. If you're listening to me right now and you have that question of why were the prophets wrong, you're, you're, you're confused. This is confusing you. God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. Yep. And the spirit of God, it's hard to believe the spirit of God's going to rest on confusion. It's just, it's, it's hard to even fathom that. And so that's why topics like these, they're not always easy to talk about, but we have to flush them out in order to know that we're doing our part with our listeners and making sure that we're trying to bring at least logic and, and reality back into situations. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. And if you listen, again, we say this, if you've got questions, you want Kev to flush out some questions that you have. I know this is something that's super close to his heart, like he said. I mean, he's operated in it. He He's versed in this. And even as a young minister, had to learn the maturity aspect of it. And so you heard the, just the raw version of even how he had to learn some maturity things. And so listen, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. We've got a YouTube page. Thinking Out Loud podcast. You'll see us. You'll find us with our logo. We're advertising our shows on every single one of those platforms. You'll know it's our platform when you get there. If you have questions, message us. Personal message us. We'd Mm -hmm. love to talk to you about it. And if it's something like this, it's about prophecy. I'm sure Kevin would love, love to digest it with you and just help bring some clarity where clarity needs to be brought. And so again, Thinking Out Loud podcast. If you go on Twitter, we're thinking underscore out loud. And then on Twitter is Thinking Out Loud Podcast. And so Apple users, you heard Kevin say it in the beginning, scroll down, rate and review this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.